to Welcome to the Kryptonaut Podcast. My name is Mark Storrs, and hanging out with me, as always, is Rob Morphy. And you good sir are. Yeah, I'm Chris. Hey, what up, Chris? Well, we're back to us saying our names. Yeah, for now. <sighs> Rob, changed, <laughs> Rob, Rob changed everything up last week on us. Yeah, I was just, I was done with, like, having to respond to my name being said. And then saying oh, trite, just, asinine no. things. Oh, okay. So I was like, no, I just want to say my name. Yeah, so. Oh, okay. And Mark's like, okay, I'll let you just leave yeah. you to say your name. And then tonight you gave me the option. I gave you the option to switch it back. You chose to stick. We are all about choice yeah. here. Wow, the spontaneity is almost alarming. We are a democracy. <laughs> I, I, I know. We are a democracy. <laughs> so exciting. Secretly backed by a dictator. It's okay. Oh, that's the way it is, though. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, our puppet government is controlling us. Over oh, our here. puppet name government. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, oh, oh. thank you all for joining us, Kryptonaut Podcast. We're back. That's Mystery Sphere Part 4. The never-ending bet sphere. Yeah. After, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> after the break last week, now that we're on to part four, it feels like this has been with the never-ending saga. <laughs> yeah, we missed a week. Like, it's only a four-parter, which is, you know, I guess maybe the third longest we've ever done, but uh, not, you know, tremendously long, no. but because it's taken place over six weeks. It's something. Yeah. Dude, we had Memorial Day and we had alien disclosure. We I had mean, to deal with them. Dude, things happen. Chris Hangover. I had 40 and, tests. Uh, yeah. Sick forever. Uh, <laughs> poor, again. Poor Chris is just- We had off. things on, on the plate yeah. that yeah. had to be dealt yeah. with. Yeah, it's all right, though, because here we are. Bets Mistress here, part four. I love this. Where is it? Where is it? Started with, I think, what is it? Yeah. Then it went to Doomsday Device. Yep. Then the Dark Heineken. Yeah. And now we're back to, where the fuck is this thing? <laughs> Well, I mean, Where so is it? you losing the sphere. I mean, this is going to be it, guys. We're gonna we're gonna figure it out, or not. Let's opt for the latter, as is usually go. the case. But we're gonna try. All right. Well, let's get started with. In the spring of 1974, an enigmatic orb known as the Bat Sphere came crashing down, creating a cyclone of controversy before disappearing just as cryptically. In the decades that followed, the mystery has only deepened, leaving lingering questions such as, what was it? Where did it come from? And, most alarmingly, considering its destructive potential, who has it now? Who's got the spear? Uh, oh, which one of you has the spear? I know, I know it's here somewhere. Oh, what if the Bet's Mystery Sphere is crying somewhere, like Chris just said? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it might be sentient, and if oh, it is, no. it might be lonely Dude, and sad. I'm just saying, according to, was it Journey? Yeah, who's the sad crying sphere? now? Oh, yeah. oh no. Goodbye Horses. I don't know enough about yeah, Journey to help. Yeah, dude. That wasn't a Journey song, though. Okay. No, that was from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Can we be done with this? Now? When the guy talked his dink and he's like, uh, No, dude. we're going to talk about Journey's World Tour 1975 <laughs> yeah. and every song they did yeah. and all the stadiums. And then we're going to get back to the With, like, sphere. the sphere, the head roadie, like, taking care of all business behind the scene, <laughs> wrangling groupies, like, being their best. I'm pretty sure it was in all their album covers somewhere. I bet that you if you look. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. All right, Robert, let's do it. In the span of mere weeks, the Betts family had gone from being a hardworking, well-respected, blended clan living in rural Florida to some of the most hounded media subjects in the world. The reason behind this was neither a great accomplishment nor a horrific crime, but the discovery of a shiny, silver, bowling ball-sized object that, although lacking in any motorized or navigational components, displayed an uncanny ability to not only travel great distances, sometimes uphill, but also to make its way over very precarious surfaces without falling. 
With it also came an array of strange sounds and poltergeist-like manifestations that left both the Betzes and all who came in to, in to inspect the odd object at a total loss. This thing's fucked up. Of the many scientists, military men, and ufologists who visited the family, and I, I apologize now, but I feel like my voice is about to crack Peter Brady style at any second. Dude, when, and I don't know why. When you went, this is fucked up. Yeah, this is yeah, fucked up. up. It's like, I don't know what's wrong. I'm trying to so hard not I don't to know like. if I'm going through tertiary puberty. It happens. Are you going to get your fourth ball? Am I going to sound like fucking Johnny Cash by the end of the pod? Dude, are you, you going to yeah. get a fourth ball? The, the old man's fourth ball. It comes. Yeah, and dude. with it, you know, my resonant speaking voice. Is your fourth ball the, the Bet's mystery sphere? Oh, only time will tell. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I've never wanted to see your ball so bad but either way uh <laughs> fucking apparently this is what we're gonna have to deal with this pod so all right well remember man water's our friend we are made of it oh and you it, know and it been, enjoys us. i've been high you know let me hydrate up right now again yeah chris and i uh, off, yeah. uh last week we're talking about liquid iv i kind of hope we can get a sponsorship from them oh that'd yeah be dope. that'd be Wouldn't super that be cool because goddamn that shit's expensive and I me, 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 me 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 you sound right. much better buddy all right let's let's jump all right into it. Of the many scientists, oh, not so good, military men and ufologists who visited the family, the one standout was a man who has almost certainly come to be regarded, at least in American circles, as the father of ufology, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who has been, you know, now completely just put in my memory banks as the dark Hynek. I know, we kind of put him yeah. through a lot, but you know, there's- a, Unproven. There's a, he's, he's multifaceted. he has a lot of layers and a lot he's of He's complex. He's, he's a, a rich, deep individual. Yes, he is. It was Hynek more than anyone else who convinced the Betts clan to enter their action-packed artifact into the National Enquirer's 1974 blue ribbon panel to decide the merits of that year's best UFO evidence. This might have been considered to be suspect by some, as not only Hynek, but also Dr. James A. Harder were not only both on the panel, but had both spent much time with the sphere, considering it to be an incredible, and in Harder's case, immensely dangerous discovery. But if the other UFO competitors considered crying foul, they need not have bothered, as Hynek would not only renounce any involvement in the case, but further decry that the mystery spear, despite his previous assertions, as being man-made. Combine this with the fact that the members of the National Enquirer team, perhaps in cahoots with one or more of the Blue Ribbon panel, had illegally retained the orb, compelling the discoverer of the artifact, Terry Betts, to physically remove the object in the middle of the panel's decision-making process, and you have all the makings of a grade-A conspiracy. But we covered all of this in detail last pod. Part three, so baby. You can get into that if you haven't heard it. I don't know why you'd be listening to four and not three, but that's your option. Do people make decisions? Once the object was safely returned to the Betz's isolated, yet impressive, Fort George Island home, the family found, to their dismay, that the ball was not the one they had left behind. After weeks of displaying incredible abilities and performing almost logic-defying stunts, it was no longer able to move of its own accord. Also gone were the strange organ-like strains of music, disembodied voices, and the unusual spectral antics that had often accompanied the device, like glasses flying out of cupboards. The ghosts are gone. All of that seems to be gonzo. It lost its... its um Magic touch? It's glitter. It's sparkle. Oh. Yeah. Got exercised. It did. Maybe it was. Maybe it was an official exorcism that took place in those days where it was missing. Yeah. You know, because as you, as you know from listening to the last pod... 
somebody falsely told Terry and his brother that his mother had had an emergency. Their mother had had an emergency and to fly right home. They did, but they had to, they did so, they did so under the inquirer's dime under the request that they leave it behind yeah. so that it be sent to the you know conference. <clears throat> and so for like three or four days, none of the Betts clan, which had been watching over it very carefully. Otherwise the ghost escaped. It might've escaped. It might've drilled it out like a little hole in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I love it. I know it's crazy happening. It was now, for all intents and purposes, an ordinary, if still inexplicable in origin, steel ball. Stranger still, when the orb was sent in for another series of x-rays following its return, it was found, according to a reporter referred to as Nan on the fifth and final episode of Lindsay Kilbride's very extensive oddball podcast, which again, go back and listen to. I know she has a full name, Nan, but I didn't. I just couldn't find it in my notes, and I didn't have the heart to go listen to the whole thing again. You'll hear it. Nan. But it's Nan. Okay. So when, when it was, uh, according to Nan, the new x-ray showed that the seams that there were seams showing now that were not visible earlier. Oh. So the seamless, impossibly, you know, uh, closed up orb that had the three cylindrical right. spheres, obviously there's spheres inside, mm -hmm. now was full of seams and weird shit as if it had either been cut open or replaced by an alternative. Uh, you can't thing. dupe the x-ray machine. Yeah. It knows. Nan claimed that Jerry was furious. Though one might be inclined to think that the sphere's current lack of any unexplained abilities would inevitably lead to a decline in public military and scientific interest in the object. It was quite the opposite. Despite its now pedestrian nature, this internationally acclaimed piece of technology was coveted both by numerous nation-states and intelligence agencies. The matriarch of the Betts family, again Jerry, who had never wanted the dubious fame associated with the sphere and only hoped to get to the bottom of this mystery, was forced to call authorities to remove individuals from her property and, worse yet, found that she was no longer able to trust those whom she had believed in, specifically Dr. Hynek. Oh, they lost the trust. She also found herself, for reasons never made clear, and this is the most intriguing part in a lot of ways, fearing more so now than ever before for the safety of her family, prompting Nan to report to Kilbride, quote, there was no need for her to create this fiction behind the object to sensationalize something. I personally think that something happened during that time period that scared the Betts family into silence, end quote. Whatever it was that led to this epiphany, the Betts's life, which had for weeks revolved around the orb, its antics, and all of those wanting a piece of it, like reporters calling it all hours from all over the world, scientists, on and on, would suddenly and dramatically change. Though Nan was not privy to what might have specifically occurred, be it a threat, implied or otherwise, or some other means of persuasion, she reported that Jerry's, quote, anger changed to kind of this revelation that whatever the sphere was, the government did not want her to find out, did not want her to know. And she decided in that moment to burn those x-rays. She did not feel comfortable with any sort of proof of, of that information, end quote. So all of a sudden, something happened. Some Something dramatic has turned her, like the kind of opinion where she's making Navy men like Berninger, whose name I can totally say now, yeah. like type out reports on her home, you know, right. typewriter and, and, you know, you know, browbeating hmm. the head of the National Enquirer to you know, return the ball, you know, forthwith and all these things. This woman who's not intimidated by any, any, anything, all of a sudden something has happened that makes her not only realize that they don't want the truth to be known, but that 
people she love, she loves, including herself, presumably, are in danger, hmm. and that fuck it, evidence is going up in smoke now. She's burning yeah. X-rays, man. Yeah, I mean, you don't gotta burn them, hang up, lock them away. Nah, yeah, I mean, you want to make it clear if you're really afraid, you want to make it clear you have no attachment to this anymore. Absolutely, you have no information. Oh, so that's... there's no need to go. I'm assuming that's why she's doing this. I would agree. So there'd be no reason to go after her anymore. Oh, like, I, okay, I'm done. Gotcha. Right. It's out of my hands. Jesus, wow. take the wheel. <laughs> Jeez. Heineck take the wheel. <laughs> oh, that might be a new shirt. Wow. The dark Heineck and Heineck take the wheel. If this was a Patreon, <laughs> it would almost certainly be the title. Yeah. Well, hang on to it. We might be using it because my Patreon titles have been shit. God bless. Ah, oh, something good. And so it was in one fell swoop that any evidence, at least in public circles, of the Bet Spears extraordinary content went up in a puff of smoke. So it's gone. And I think it's gone for the reasons Chris explicated just yeah. then. Yeah. All right. Shit. Whether issued by the military, intelligence agencies, the aliens themselves, or a sinister cabal of supernatural forces, that's a long shot, granted, the final blow used to squelch this story, whatever it might have been, managed to strike such a white-hot streak of terror into Jerry and her family that they not only burned the x-rays, but removed the ball from their home and then essentially vanished from the public eye for decades reappearing only briefly and through intermediaries to convey what little new info we've gleaned in the past few years via the hard work of Astonishing Legends and Lindsay Kilbride. So some family members and, you know, people associated with the clan have come forward, right. but not them, the Betzes themselves, hmm. at least as far as we know in any way. What we do know is that the family was not, as some more outlandish theories have speculated, killed, kidnapped, abducted by aliens, or otherwise silenced. But they were frightened, badly, and they did, very willingly, establish a much more private life, never again publicly mentioning the sphere. As to why that is, none of the Betzes have been willing to divulge that information. Maybe they're just reluctant to open old wounds, or maybe the fear is still very real, even half a century later. I don't know, but it seems like if you're scared bad enough that you're just going to close up shop from being one of the most... Granted, it flash in the pan fame, right. but it's 70s fame, and that tended to be more enduring. Yeah. No. Like a lot of you know ufology people parlayed a, you know, a free trip to California and to sit on Johnny Carson's couch. Yeah, totally. Like, like the Pascagoula guy and mm-hmm. other things like that. So it wasn't unheard of in that era to like have your 15 minutes and really bask in the glory, maybe even get a book deal, make a couple bucks. I mean- uh, yeah. Jerry Betts had the opportunity to sell this thing for hundreds of thousands of dollars a sight unseen and did not money. jump. Yeah. You know, and they weren't wealthy at the time. No. Huh. So well. it's it's interesting, but right. we don't know. You know, if there was a big scare, but you have to assume something happened. I'm guessing Sutton must have shifted their entire approach to this and they're like, oh, fuck this. I'm yeah. just going to just really get, I mean, it could have been the breaking point of, I, I went through, I've been going through this shit and I find, I get it back and it's clearly fake. Right. I'm just like, you know what? Fuck, I'm done. Like, I'm fucking done. What am I going to do? Yeah, like, just be like, it, like, how am I going to ever get it back anyway? True. Like, Completely exacerbated from the whole thing, if that's a word. Exacerbated. Like exacerbated fucking... is a word. You mean exasperated. Exasperated. Yes. yes. Yep. Exasperated. Because of how the whole thing got exacerbated. Oh. Well, not, you right. know, in her presence. See, I know the words. Ball. I know. You words. do. But the thing is, um, I, I can buy all of that. Okay. You knowing words? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Jerry Betts being sick that, of it. That's what you were going to say. But I'm like, no, he's really talking about the story. <laughs> Not about my ah. knowing words. I, I, I believe all of that's possible. But but I do tend to think that, you know, I mean, she's not an ignorant woman, obviously. You would still try to parlay it in some kind of profit or something. Wash your hands of it very publicly and just be like, 
you know, I'm done with it. And then like make a couple bucks, even if you're no longer making hundreds of yeah. thousands because it's no longer a mystery sphere. It's just totally. a sphere. Well, it still is the mystery of its origin. Yeah. yeah. But, but to just suddenly drop everything, put it into hiding and fall out of the public view all at once. That to me denotes fear. Yeah. I mean, it could. It's not proof of it, but it indicates it. I think. Hot potato. Drop mm. it. As to the whereabouts of the device, those in the know claim that it is now in storage with an individual close to, but removed from the Betts clan. But even so, those who have spoken to Jerry, like Nan, assert, quote, they still have the ball that they feel is not the ball. Which is to say, they have the spear that was taken by Terry, but not necessarily the one they delivered. And if the one that is now technically in the Betts' possession is not the original ball, then where is it? The answer, for anyone listening thus far, will not be surprising. We dropped this in a few times thinking it would be in the next pot. It's now here. Okay, here we go. According to Astonishing Legends, in an article in the January 8th, 2021 edition of Chicago's Daily Herald titled, Evanston Native Advises TV Show Project Blue Book on His UFO Expert Dad, Another beautifully long-winded title. Yeah. One of Hynek's sons, Paul, claimed that he and his brothers used to play with a metallic orb identical to the Betts ball in the basement of their parents' home. In the article, Paul claimed, quote, I found out recently that a big silver spear we had was from some famous case in Florida. We would just kick it about on the floor because we didn't know what it was, end quote. After the controversy came out regarding the Betts' contention that it had been stolen, it seems as if there was some backpedaling on Paul's part, with other brothers, Heineck sons, his brothers, suggesting different origins for the spear, but his eldest brother confirming that whatever it may have been, it was definitely brought into the home, excuse me, by their father. And so for a more detailed, you know, accounting of this exchange about like which, because, um, Kilbride actually has an interview with Paul Hynek and they kind of go back and forth about, Oh, I'm going to talk to my brothers about this and that. Right. You can get the full blow by blow on Mm -hmm. the oddball podcast. I'm not going to do that here, but basically it came to the point where they thought one of the kids brought it into the house, but then the, I think it was the eldest son confirmed, Oh no, dad brought it home. And I don't know where from. Oh man. The treasures of the dark Hynek. Not a smoking gun. Oh my gosh. I love that. I mean, it's it's a smoking ball for sure. Well, it's something. I mean, if the kids are there kicking around, like, I don't know, Dad brought this thing home. I mean, yeah, from but Florida, big deal. Possibly be the one, right? I would hope not. I mean, dude, it very well could be if if because Heineck did have access to it and he could have swapped it out and he just, you know, yeah. But when what let his kids play with it? <laughs> I mean, that is kind of the weird, like, ah, eh, you know, it's probably this important. I find it thing, more, more but... reasonable that he was already making a plan to make copies of the sphere oh so they and, had a copy of it and maybe that was one of them instead maybe. of like, you would almost the, think the original chris read ahead oh we'll see oh, we're gonna deal with wow. we're gonna deal with oh, this. sometimes oh, I'm, uh, I know. yeah no you're, okay. you're you're canny no chris comes back with psychic powers whatever professor x it's fine nan like others confirmed that Heineck spent a lot of time at the Betts house with the sphere but after the debacle at the national Enquirer's ufo conference he began to publicly denounce the significance of the find and adding insult to injury even going so far as to claim that he had never seen the object or met the Betzes prior to the symposium all bald-faced lies according to jerry and others who were there at the time were these lies issued to further separate himself from the possible thievery, or was something even more treacherous afoot? 
It would, it would seem to be a shame if Heineck had made off with the orb, privately confounding and publicly embarrassing the Betts family in the process, only for it to make its way into his cellar like some oft-neglected vacation curio for his kids to kick around. And if the thing were so significant that a man of his reputation would even consider stealing it, then why was it stored in such a haphazard manner? Or could Heineck's apparent duplicity been at the behest of a government who felt that the original object was far too dangerous to be left in the hands of civilians and who required his help in substituting a copy for the original, which may well be rolling around under its own power in some secret lab to this day? If so, it could be that the kids were playing with one of the replicas that had been made to replace the original sphere, one that perhaps, for one reason or another, didn't make the final cut. The mind reels at the possibilities. What we do know, according to the venerable Rob Christofferson, who appeared to discuss the object on episode 133A, 133A, don't know why I said it's so weird, of Astonishing Legend, is that at the time Dr. Hynek was engaged by the U.S. government to work on a project involving secret Soviet spy satellites. So who knows what else might have been going on? So Chris and I were obviously of the same yeah, mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. It could be a replica. Yeah. It could if it is the real deal, it's shameful. It's the dollar store. Yeah, he stopped just, believing in its authenticity at some point the because the dollar he just, store version of the Bet Sphere kicking around. Right. Fine. Okay. No but problem. what has to be acknowledged is that at some point one of his sons, Paul specifically, mm-hmm. comes out and says, A big deal sphere from a very famous Florida case. I don't know how many there were up until that point, because okay. this this interview happened just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um but during his dad's lifetime, how many there were, maybe there were others, maybe he was involved in others, but it seems like it's pretty obvious he's associating it with this, came to, you know, to, to reside in his parents' basement and they would just dick around this kids are want to do and kick it about. Um, now, is was he maybe putting two and two together? Was he thinking, oh, did I hear it was from this famous Florida case or did I suppose it lately? There's a lot of things you could do. Mm-hmm. And now that they're on their heels a little bit because they don't want their dad to be known as a thief and they don't want to be known as having been in possession of or currently in possession of, right. you know, such a controversial stolen object. Um, you know, I can see them. I, I don't think they're really terrified of it because, again, they're not culpable for what their dad did. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you're going to try to protect your parents' legacy to some degree. Yeah. So I can see them sort of backing off it a little now that it's a thing mm-hmm. and him saying it when he doesn't know it's a fucking thing. But it, it's something that can't be ignored regardless. Right. Yeah. yeah. The old double balls, switcheroo. Also, too, what up, Rob Christopher? Our strange skies. Check it out. Good dude. Good buddy oh, of the pod. Yeah. Fucking check So out. knowledgeable. Hell Such yeah. a good dude. Rob's awesome. But wherever this thing may be now, the million-dollar question is, what the hell was it? Did Terry Betts and his family actually stumble across an alien artifact that spring day, or is there a more prosaic explanation for the whole affair? In the earthbound category, we have a plethora of suspects ranging from the sphere being an extra-large ball bearing to a paper mill valve to a check valve used in phosphate pumping lines— that's that's always exciting, to a cryogenic storage device known as a Dewar flask. But the x-rays and studies by any number of scientists and engineers who examined the sphere have seemingly ruled out any commonplace industrial tool or anything of that ilk. It's funny you bring that up because now that I think about it at work, we have these double plunger pumps. Mm-hmm. And they no shit have little spheres in them. It's part of the suction. They're, they're called suction balls. Right on. Do I have a bet sphere? You, you might. I mean, they're black and rubber but <laughs> you never know tomorrow i'm gonna i'm gonna get a torch and cut them open and see what's in there yeah they could and just then be tell coated. the guys no pumping this week boys we might have the bet sphere wow 
that will go with really no tooth, well with no tooth in my mouth as yeah. I do <laughs> and enjoy joblessness. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm a union. I can't get fired. We're talking about shit. Come on, shit. It takes more than a bet spirit yeah, to get I'll, fired. I'll get a ruining the equipment. Yeah, I'll get a raise. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's Come not on. wrong. It works backwards. You know this. By far the favorite hypothesis for debunkers to glom onto is the fact that the orb was nothing more than a missing piece to an evidently never constructed industrial art installation. Oh, cool. According to the April 23rd, 1974 edition of the Ocala Star Banner, a sculptor by the name of James Derling Jones, that's a hyphenated last name, claimed to have lost the orb when a cluster of them fell off the luggage rack of his Volkswagen Bug while he was driving through the Jacksonville area near Easter of 1971 on his way home to Taos, New Mexico. James asserted that he had gotten the industrial valve spheres from an anonymous friend who had procured the objects illegally. He further asserted that the rattling of the bets, uh, the bets ball, excuse me, I read that totally fucked up. He further asserted that the rattling that the Betzes claimed to hear within the sphere was due to the fact that the company that manufactured it had drilled holes into the object, allowing metal chips to fall inside before rewelding them shut. This seems to fly in the face of the fact that none of the experts who examined the orb noticed any weld marks and that the x-rays revealed three distinct spheres, one of which had a tiny antenna and not shrapnel within the object. We covered all that in previous pods. His testimony is further cast into doubt due to the fact that the artist, ostensibly in an effort to protect his friend and his illicit activities, refused to name the company that manufactured his spheres. Add to that the fact that the anonymous Betts family member who was there when the thing was discovered claimed that the object was found over a mile away from the nearest fire road, which would have made it a mini miracle in itself that the object rolled that far over rough, stump-smothered terrain, and this theory can be summarily dismissed. Fuck you, dude. It's not not your art installation. Listen here, artsy-fartsy. What was his name? Peter? Uh, no. Derling Jones. Derling, listen here. James Archie, Derling Barty, Jones. Derling Jones. I mean, you're going to see welding. Well, yeah. yeah. There's I no mean, that's the, really the biggest door shut. Sure. Like, yeah. you're going to see the welding. Can I buy that? Of course, it didn't roll from the top of a car a mile over bumpy, stumpy terrain. Could some kid have picked it up between 1971 and 1974, well, right. dicked around, I mean. found that it was like too heavy at 22 yep. pounds, dropped sure. it again. Polished the weld off of it. Well, no, not that part. I'm, I'm saying that it could have been moved. Maybe not right. by, probably not by natural forces. It would take a whole lot of inquisitive raccoons to fucking push this thing. But, you know, bored kids, fucking, I don't know, a lumberjack. I don't know who the fuck's hanging out in this Just place. Just a bunch of raccoons pushing it. Just their new god. <laughs> Well, do things. I mean, things move. That, that's just a, a part that could have happened. Could right. have that part moved. could have happened. Right. Yeah, it's just like have. the. Yeah. But the the lack of welds. Yeah. Welcome our new god. And it's pushing the ball, ball. bearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of raccoons yeah, with little B-A paws on. B-A-L bearing. <laughs> uh, I mean. I, as far as it goes, like a large ball bearing, sure, that's definitely possible. Sure. I, I've personally seen them like that big. They're fucking enormous. Biggins. But there's, it's not going to account for any of the x-rays or the little tiny, you know, spheres inside. No, welds is a huge one, so. Those are the monkey dicks. Damn, goddamn monkey Keep dicks. Keep the gears from moving. All right, there you go. Well. It just doesn't pass the, the test. Let's unmonkey dick this thing. Well. Let's continue to throw more dicks at it. Oh, cool. All right. Everyone, quick, on the count of three, throw more dicks at it. 
The next suggestion put forward by, among others, UFO encyclopedia author Ronald D. Story was that it was a sea-bottom marker, which I think we mentioned briefly earlier. We did. Which was used to assist missile-launching submarines by giving them stable points of reference for ballistics calculations that had somehow made its way onto land. This theory seems damned by two different points of observation. The first being that one of the initial individuals to examine the sphere was Jerry's husband and marine engineer, Antoine, who, while not likely to be an expert on military tech, would probably have at least, at least recognized the device's maritime origin. The second point of contention is the fact that both the Marines and the Navy denied ownership of the top secret device. Top secret if it was indeed a sea bottom marker. Mm, it is. Yeah. The Betts family had already agreed to give the object up if it proved to be military property, and it would have taken very little effort for the Navy or the Marines to keep the sphere in their possession if the technology were that sensitive. According to Story, quote, the Navy's failure to identify the sphere could be due to need-to-know restrictions related to classified devices, unquote. The inherent flaw in this theory resides in the fact that even if Berninger and his team did not have top-secret clearance, the media hoopla surrounding the discovery of the sphere, not to mention the reams of paperwork that would have been necessary to conduct these experiments with Navy personnel, would have surely set off some kind of alarm bells, even in clandestine circles. That is why I don't think it's a, a yeah. fucking sea-bottom marker. I mean, even if it was, you'd think they would notice it and be like, oh yeah, no, we need to have this back. Yeah. They would have had to have, even if it's classified, they would have, it, somewhere along the line, it would have gotten to someone like, oh shit, one of our markers got picked up. Like, right. You know, oh, and Behringer over here, Tom Behringer over here fucking saw it in fucking Florida. I mean, it just seems like they, that would have been picked up. Not everyone in the scientific circles likely would have known what one was, but right. once the tests yeah. are conducted, you'd think they'd be like, oh, Shit, this is some... And, and it had none of the components that would ostensibly be in a C-bottom marker. Yeah, these That's things, the other thing. They can't had be it, that you think it Had it shown s- the signs of it, yeah. it would have been like, oh, fuck, it's one of ours. It's a C-bottom marker. I mean, that I It can't know. be that complicated. I, yeah, I guess there's a 1% chance of just blatant incompetence on the part of all these people. Well, It's not a question, but it seems highly unlikely. I mean... But it is but it is possible. We've all, we all have been... Yeah. And the I Navy did like, want it back at the last second. But had they known it was a C-bottom marker, they could have just said, oh, shit, we made a mistake. It right. is ours. Give it back to us now. I mean, incompetence, though, reigns supreme. Sure. It really does. We, we'll, we'll never take that off the table. Hell, the table's made out of that. The devil always stays on the table. Incompetence is the yeah. wood grain. <laughs> yeah. And so that's fine. I'm I'm all about that. That's great. But it's a lot of components to fuck up. No, it yeah. is. But you can't. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't stop the table from being the table. Yeah, I work for companies where their motto should have been. <laughs> yeah. No, incompetence. I. No, same, same uh, for past employers and occasionally current. Yeah, incompetency is what we do best. So, all right. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Have you ever felt uncertain about where you're going in life or what the right path is? How do you navigate through these decisions without completely collapsing in on yourself and losing your mind in a weeks-long spiral of anxiety and depression? That is not the way to handle this situation, friend, and that is why we use BetterHelp. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Now, hopefully that's excitement around the decision you're about to make and not dread and despair. But again, friends, that is why we use BetterHelp. 
You see, the key to trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything else you do in life. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. Unless, of course, you're me trying to read better help ads. In that case, I'm still working on it, and I appreciate your attention. Also, don't forget that therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Hellerspace today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Hellerspace. And now... Back to the show. But even if this weren't classified technology from the bottom of the sea, we ought to consider the possibility that the Betts family came across another kind of artificial object, one which may have plummeted from the loftiest of heights in the form of a downed satellite. It's difficult to deny that the Betts sphere doesn't at least resemble a Sputnik-style Soviet satellite with its antennas ripped off, or perhaps even a simplified version of Chinese Shijian-1 experimental satellite, which was launched in 1971, making it contemporaneous, so Mm. to speak. But as tempting as it is to suppose that the sphere was a man-made byproduct of the space race, this case rema- the case remains, excuse me, that there was absolutely no indication of a crash on the Betts property, save for the brush fire itself, and no sign of any reentry burns on the object itself. This would seem to disqualify the notion that the mystery sphere was a terrestrially constructed, formerly orbiting object. No burns, no crater, a, a fire, but not even necessarily a fire right where the thing was found. Right. All of that, unless it burned the trees where it landed, because the trees were burned more than the surface in some places. And then it bounced away to a non-burned area. I mean, it didn't leave a crater because all it really did was like hit some branches, knocking them out of place. But it didn't dent the object (sighs) either. And it was only supposed to be a half inch thick. And you think scorching down from the sky and hitting a tree or the ground would leave some fucking marks. Surviving re-entry like that would be astounding. I mean, the only thing on the books that actually is Jason Voorhees. Right. The survivor entry. That will happen. Yeah. Yeah. A non Voorhees uh, man made As seen uh, in contraption, probably not. Jason X. <sighs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> You're welcome. So, reasonably leaving behind both military, artistically industrial, and satellite bound theories, let's look at less ordinary, i.e., more fun options. Beginning with the fact that the orbs seem to bear a marked resemblance to the oft-reported World War II aerial marauders known colloquially as Foo Fighters. Beginning in November of 1944, World War II Allied aircraft pilots began to describe frightening encounters with small, glowing, silver-colored spheres in the skies over Germany and eventually the Pacific Theater. These strange airborne anomalies appeared to follow the Allied planes individually and in clusters. They were able to maneuver around the planes at tremendous rates of speed and displayed astonishing dexterity. Even stranger was the fact that these peculiar machines seemed to toy with the crew of these aircraft, causing a great deal of consternation among those aboard, but few seemed to exhibit overtly hostile actions. These sightings were taken very seriously by the military brass, who assumed that these Foo Fighters were yet another new weapon conceived by Nazi scientists to turn the tide of the war. But it soon became evident that these bizarre aerial acrobats were also accosting Axis pilots. 
According to UFO researcher and professor of natural sciences at Western Michigan University, Michael D. Swords, quote, During World War II, the Foo Fighter experiences of Allied pilots were taken very seriously. Accounts of these cases were presented to heavyweight scientists such as David Griggs, Louis Alvarez, and H.P. Robertson. The phenomenon was never explained. Most of the information about the issue has never been released by military intelligence. End hmm. quote. And that's interesting. To this day, it's it's told almost like folklore, like fun <clears throat> stuff, like uh, right. like gremlins and planes or yeah. something. Something that's just silly talk that pilots had. And and you know, if you see like full documentaries, like the kind James Fox does and others that purport to tell the history of ufology, it always goes from like. Uh, uh, Kenneth Arnold sighting mm-hmm. near Mount Rainier to uh, Roswell to Foo Fighters, or sometimes Foo Fighters first, which right. would make more sense. But but basically, it all that's all in the cavalcade of opening, you know, the opening slew of information on ufology of the 20th century. Hmm. Um, but it gets kind of dismissed when, in fact, there's a lot of interesting phenomenon, um, a lot of interesting aspects of that phenomenon that have never ever come close to being revealed to the public. And, and and there's no like problem is there's no like legend uh, is like in Roswell or Kingman or other places of a recovered Foo Fighter. No, yeah, yeah. Which could have made all the difference at the time. Yeah. Hmm. But it's interesting that it's still classified, you know, fucking 80 years later, give or take. Hmm. Foo Fighter run-ins continued to be reported by pilots following World War II, with a notable piece of film being shot at 11.29 a.m. on August 15, 1950, by Nick Mariana, the general fall, the great, excuse me, the general manager of the Great Falls Selectrics, that's a baseball team, so, <laughs> fucking Montana, obviously, yeah. <laughs> making a huge splash in government circles. But while reports of metallic orbs dwindled down in the latter half of the 20th century, being replaced by flying saucers and other more complex designs, there has been a modern resurgence of spherical UAPs being seen by pilots and the public alike. What's more, reports have increased of similar objects being discovered on Earth by perplexed eyewitnesses, including the remains of an orb found in Mexico, sitting in a tree near the city of Veracruz, and others in such far-flung places as South, Southern Europe excuse me, and Africa. So they're popping up. And maybe they're explicable, and probably some of them have. I know one showed up in Spain not too long ago. Yeah, there was- I, I'm sure that couple, they're government things for the most part. Yeah, there's a couple of them that popped up. Didn't one of them like wash ashore at one point, too? Like a huge I think spear? so. Yeah. I think so. I, I remember, I was going to bring it for Patreon, and then they were like, oh, we're getting more information on the sphere, and then they just dropped it. Like and all was, inflatables in the water. Yeah, there's no yeah. other, nothing else cool happened. They didn't crack open and a goblin jumped out. There wasn't a baby Nessie. There's no Mothman involved. It was just like, nah, it's a sphere. Don't worry about it. Continue on. It was probably the biggest fucking fire of the century, but whatever. Right. It's fine. Fuckers. Incompetence reigns. Could some of these objects, as has been suggested by honored American immunologist, academic, and inventor Gary Nolan, who's all over the news lately, is one of the biggest minds and yeah. names to come forward as a proponent of the reality of you know other intelligences mm-hmm. creating UFOs, and he studied the metals. Uh, could they be examples of alien AI being sent to Earth to safely scope out its aggressive indigenous populace? As he said, stated an example, I think, to SALT. I think I mentioned in the, the, our disclosure pod the other week that some people should check out. It's like a 20-minute thing on, on YouTube where he discusses with some other academic guy, I don't know who it is, about you know why he believes in this stuff, that uh, would you, if you were going to you know investigate a South American tribe that has not had contact with the outside world and is known to be cannibals, 
would you use like a probe that could go down and inspect them, you know, you know, with a little bit of reserved uh, safety for your pilots or would you just go down there cold and say, Hey, good to meet you. Don't eat me. I'm paraphrasing needless to say, but that was his example. And it Mm -hmm. makes sense that, you know, I mean, we're nuclear power. We're dangerous. I mean, if we even have a limited capability through radar or through other weapons that we might've developed through reverse engineered, you know, reverse engineering their craft, weapons that can take down their ships, even if they are vastly superior to us, I would still be like, fuck those guys. And according to Greer, if we turned on our radar and all of a sudden we start dropping UFOs, they're going to be like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes there, boys. We're going to, you know, step back and send some probes. I mean, if there's like a subclan of really douchey Amish and they allow themselves to have submachine guns and they'll just fucking kill anyone who goes on their property, like... You could say, yeah, they're not using iPhones and they're a little backwards technologically, but you're still going to avoid that shit because the douchey Amish are dangerous. Yeah. Like so far out of, it took me so, maniacal Mennonite. I had a whole, I had a fill, I had a, I'm like, Amish guns, what? Self. Yeah. (laughs) That was great. Personally, thank you for that. I appreciate it. You're welcome. (laughs) I'd like to untie the knot in my head. I'm like, wait wait a minute. What? I mean, the full force of the U.S. Army could defeat them, but a random group of fuckers aren't going to just wander in and be like, no, right. Not the the heavily heavily armed Amish. No. No. I mean, not the regular kind, sure. Yeah. Salt of the earth. Good folk. Not the kind that are Not these fuckers. No. Man, they got Rambo fucking equipment and all kinds of shit. AK-47s for all the children. There you go. Babes, there babes in arms. There it is. Could some of these objects, I said continuing. Uh, oh, no, I already said that continuing. Uh, it, it's difficult to know if this is what is going on that is AI. But even if these round, often glowing, hummingbird-like objects are not to blame, one would be remiss to ignore Dr. Harding's warning that the orb may well be a literal doomsday device. You'll remember this, I think, from part two, mostly. Yes. In his influential 1969 book, Chariots of the Gods, author Eric von Daniken introduced the world at large to Robert Chirou's theory that it might have been extraterrestrial atomic weapons that were responsible for the total destruction of the biblical cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, as well as other ancient disasters, writing, quote, Let us imagine for the moment that Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed according to plan, i.e. deliberately, by a nuclear explosion, end quote. Supporters of the alien atomic bomb theory maintained that in the ancient past, extraterrestrials, or possibly a lost civilization, managed to detonate nuclear weapons on the Earth. The venerated Hindu epic known as the Mahabharata even describes a, quote, single projectile charged with all the power of the universe, an incandescent column of smoke and flame as bright as 10,000 suns rose in all its splendor, end quote. This, one must admit, sounds suspiciously like an atomic explosion and its resultant mushroom cloud. The Mahabharata also refers to great battles that were fought in the ancient past with airships known as Vimana utilizing beam weapons, which resemble some that are noted in modern UFO reports. Needless to say, mainstream academics dismiss this theory, but if the atomic numbers found by Dr. Harder are real then there is the very real possibility that the Betzes found at least a technological heir to those unthinkable superweapons. So whether or not any of this old stuff happened or not, and I take everything in, in Cherish the Gods with the, the hardiest spoonfuls of salt, um, even though I, I'm open to some of those possibilities being real, um, 
there might be a historical context They're for actually, alien atomic in devices. In the Mahabharata, there is a lot of really interesting alien connections that are there. I find that independent Super. of oh, yeah, totally. Heineck's, uh, you know, um, or not Heineck, excuse me, uh, um, Von Daniken. Von Daniken's yeah. observations, very intriguing. Yeah, no, there's a ton of really cool shit in there. Well, you're like, when they talk about, what was it, like the Vima? Right? The Vimana. The, the, the Vimana. Yeah, they, they talk about like that. These like, pyramidal like, super oh, yeah, ships, no, that battleships shit in the up air. And they were fighting everybody, and you're like, what? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more compelling to me than even the Ezekiel stuff. Oh, 100%. Which in the Western world, you know, a Judeo-Christian uh, mind frame, that's going to be the one a lot of ufologists are going to turn to. Mm-hmm. But in a broader spectrum, you know, of theology, the, the Vimanas and the Mahabharata yeah. texts, infinitely more fascinating. I think, actually, I think Ray from like Youth of Today was in a podcast talking about it. Really? The whole alien aspect. Yeah, oh, it's, it's pretty neat. It's super cool. Okay. The second biggest mystery we are left with is what happened to the actual sphere. There's no official mention of the object following the 1970s media flap. And while family members claim to have hidden it, some of them seem to doubt that it was the original orb. Maybe it was, legally or illegally, confiscated by the United States military, or it could be beating around in the basement of one of Hynek's kids or being used as a paperweight on a dusty bookshelf. Maybe it's even languishing in a landfill. But there is also the admittedly remote possibility that this that this sphere has passed hands from one unsuspecting owner to the next, people who never realize its vast potential or power, and it's now collecting dust in the back of a closet or in some dingy, moth-filled attic. Right now, as I read these words, definitive proof of the existence of extraterrestrial life may well be sitting in a cardboard box wedged between Christmas decorations and Grandma's old yearbook, just waiting for a curious child to discover its enthralling and potentially terrible secrets. Let me know if you hear the boom, bitches. Oh, oh shit. There it Dang. is. Bet's Mystery Sphere, part four. Where is it? And yeah, if that kid's up there fucking around in the attic and the next thing you know, you just you get that flash, you get that Sarah Connor moment where we're all hanging out on the fence, shaking as a flesh gets ripped from us from the fucking nuclear war. Yeah. What happened to Tampa? Oh, wait. <sighs> oh, yeah. The Hold lower on. south. Oh, <laughs> the, the world. The lower south. <laughs> uh, the south or south. <laughs> yeah. Go south and they keep going. There you go. Sub south. Yeah. There it is, man. Shit. So. Uh, the way you end it here, though, that's really interesting to think that um, this very well could just be one of those things that's been passed around, and maybe some people take it seriously, maybe some people don't, but regardless, they're like, hey, don't say shit about this, because, you know, this is stolen back in the day, so could be just sitting somewhere, dude. Or maybe it was reclaimed by its owners. Oh. And that's the thing. It, well, you mean its original creators, yeah, as in- who was it? Possibly extraterrestrial, right? Exactly. Yeah. Came down and picked that shit up. It, well, you know, that's certainly something that you, you can't, you know, ignore the possibility of. And, and and really, it's more likely than not that, I mean, it could be in a government lab somewhere or it could be, you know, some scientist took it home to look at it. Maybe he was in charge of studying it, found there was not much to it. Mm-hmm. And it was dicking around and his kids were playing with it in his basement, having nothing to do with the Hynecks. Could it be that, that Dr. Hynek took it, did further tests? discovered that really there's nothing significant and then you know many house moves and ended up in the basement it's a possibility yeah it, it seems unlikely for all the reasons like chris pointed out earlier like you don't go through all this effort and right. it should mean something or at least you lock it in the safe somewhere if you think it's that potentially dangerous or yeah, earth shaking and it's you yeah. know i mean it seems like a lot for the gov i'm 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 
speaking strictly governmental here, it seems like quite a lot for them to go through to finally dupe it out of the hands of Jerry Betts via Dr. Hynek, basically using Hynek to get to it, to get it out of, to get it there. That's true. But, it just seems but there's like a, no reason to assume that it is Dr. Hynek besides the fact, well, there's many reasons how shady he acted, how he apparently betrayed the Betts according to the Betts. And he ultimately claimed to not even know them. And then claimed to not even Which know them, really... even though people not even related to the family came forward and said, including that reporter, Nan, like, you know, no, he was at the house. He yeah. was doing shit. Yeah. Um, so there's every reason to suspect that good old, uh, uh, what was his name? Pope Jr. there. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who he was his Gene, own. Genopolis. I forget his name. He was <laughs> Genopolis. He was his own little weird uh, CIA op alien investigator. Who owned dude. the National Enquirer. Yeah. Who had all kinds of ties with, you know, shady government agencies. And uh, he had ties to fucking Mussolini. Yeah. Yeah. Who in 1933 possibly recovered an aircraft or not an aircraft. A UFO. A UFO. Yeah, yeah. Pre way pre Roswell. Man. So all right. All that aside. If that you're, guy's if trouble. The, it was locked in the, and you know the the bet spear was locked in the safe of the National Enquirer. Mm-hmm. Could have been for yeah. who knows how long, and that was another period where it was out of their reach yep. of you know Terry and you know his sibling. So there's every reason to think that Heineck maybe had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know it, that it was just Generoso, uh, Pope Junior. I think I got his name right this time, and you know his cabal that you know absconded away with it. And how hard would it be to make a ball bearing? Etch a triangle on the side. Right, not right. hard at all. All you have to do is get a quick little look at it and be like, all right, let's reproduce this thing. And and clearly, whatever the Betts family got back was not the sphere. No, it, it doesn't stopped, seem to be. It had all of its powers were gone, and you couldn't, the x-rays weren't right, and you could see like the, like the well, you could see like marks on it and shit. So they clearly got the dupe ball. It seems that way. It really does. Which you would think like, if you're going to dupe them like that, that you would like go to great lengths so they wouldn't know, you know? And you, I mean, you just got some dollar store pick away ball. Here you go. Yeah, it's yours. Like, it just seems like I a feel like you really, I mean, you really could have just showed up at the military and been like, oh, no, we made a mistake. We found out who it was. We need it back. Right. That and, would be and, easy and then to you'd, say. Yeah, and, and you'd get maybe some conspiracies and maybe this story would have gone as one of those whatevers. But I feel like that was, it would be way easier than. Send going yeah. through a contest and this whole fucking. <laughs> I mean, it seems like that's really like what the fuck. Well, what? But that makes it ring more true to me because you know, hearkening back to the old incompetence fucking scale, people fuck up, and if they fucked up and and realized that there was something more to this thing, whether it is of extraterrestrial origin or it was a, a, you know some top secret military mechanism or fucking who knows what, um, and they're like, oh shit, after the fact, we have to get it. You know, Jerry Betts says no, right, right, right to Berninger's face, and so he has to leave. You know, shame, shame faced and empty handed. And the next time it's going to be gone, not under Jerry's watchful eye, is when it's with her sons in Florida, yeah. where it's put in a in a, in a, a safe by a guy who's you know got ties to the government, and then it is sent over to New Orleans, apparently, where they have to go and get it. Yeah. Also, given all this time. And, and and at which point Heineck starts saying, oh, no, it, it almost rolled off the table and all this. And the other eyewitnesses aren't coming forward to argue this. So was it switched before it went to the um, yeah. the UFO, the National Enquirer's UFO conference? Oh. And so it, it seems like a lot of effort. But in other ways, it might just be a pile of conveniences. You fucked up getting it the first time. Right. Well, it's traveling out of state or further downstate and then out of state. Let's use this opportunity to snag it. Right. As soon as it's out of the house and see, okay, what do we need to do to get this? I mean, it's all Watergate plumbers in terms of execution. It's a clusterfuck, <laughs> but it's still 
You know, I, it I, makes I, sense I, that you do it when right. you get the opportunity. I mean, that leads more to the incompetence of like, yeah, thinking that well, they'll she'll never know, right? <laughs> like, the, yeah, or what can she do about it? Because what, that's exactly what she did. She complained in the press. It's not the same ball. No, we don't right. think it's the same I, ball. Yeah. Or they changed it fundamentally and somehow. It's such a weird thing that no one's going to really be like, we need to get the original ball back. Like, no one's going to be around. And who, who, where's the public outcry going to go? Yeah, are they going to no go to Heineck's door? Are they going to yeah. knock on the Navy? Man, you know, yeah. you know I gotta say what I, I, I'll say this though: if this is an actual alien artifact and they really did get it back, like that i mean son of a bitch did they hatch it maybe uh, was it was it like an artificial incubation an egg if you will i don't know i mean that's where the new seams came from if it really was some kind of atomic bomb i mean maybe that was where they're like at any cost we have to get this to just to fucking protect everybody from it that i would laud i would think that's a good thing or at least maybe components i mean what are the odds if it did ring up some sort of high uh, radiation level or something or right? atomic structure that's so beyond dense. uranium yeah. uranium plus or whatever right i mean I, who, I mean who knows if it was maybe some sort of secret uranium smuggle oh, thing. so there's yeah. weird components it, in there maybe it's making noise because right. there's some chips maybe it's people have to kind of scan for us and it somehow just got fucked up yeah but i mean who knows? It's just pre if they Cold it, War. Yeah, if they right? thought it was dangerous, then they'd probably... Yeah, no, it's, it's post-Cold War. It's in the thick of the Cold War, actually, not post at all. It's in the balls deep of Cold War. Mm-hmm. So what Chris is saying makes sense, but what that ignores, because we're thinking about reasons why the government would want it or what it could contain that could be possibly dangerous, what we're ignoring is all the claims of it being able to navigate ground on its own, no, 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 go back to the original oh, yeah, person no, that totally. moved it, yeah. roll uphill, yeah. and manage to you know negotiate the sides of tables without falling off all yeah. of that none of that is explained in it being a containment unit unit for a uh, super plutonium no no it's not actually that's part of the, the weirdest part is that this thing had the fucking personality and let's not forget the poltergeists you know oh yeah yeah the disembodied well, voices yeah. the, and the eerie organ music the funerary you know dirges <laughs> like that's just like one of the bonus like the bonus things you get with the spear you're like you're gonna hear funerary music and yeah, of course it's going to be speaky, speaky, <laughs> spooky as shit. Well, yeah, it's got to be because uh, well, yeah, well, maybe that's part of the thing. Or maybe it's just, maybe it's just the super. I always, I always, I always mention Nazis, and for some reason, for this one, I completely didn't think of Nazis. Um, oh, could be, <laughs> not, could be Nazi. Just, you know, we're going to build a fucked up ball <laughs> with this fucking, and it's just, it's got all sorts of weird mind fucking things in there. Like oh. maybe it was just an all-in-one psych op device. Yeah, and it's a uranium smuggle device. <laughs> Like it's just this ultimate ball that fucking maybe it's maybe it's doing some ultrasonic fucking things that you're not going to detect, so you think you're hearing shit and you're not. Maybe you're seeing shit that you're not seeing. Dude. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, it just completely. I mean, it I'm could be completely it. fucking up your like perception and everything. There's like warping shit around you, and that's how they fucking. Yes, they made a fuck ball. It just <laughs> fucks you. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, ra- a radiated fuckball. <laughs> oh, God damn, that's awesome. Well, shit, there you have it, man. The Betts Mystery Sphere closes. Just, to, th- just oh. to throw one more thing in there for shits and giggles. What do you got? There's a guy named Jim Marlin who is famous for um, launching Willie Nelson's touring career as an outdoor venue touring artist. I don't know. He became a millionaire organizing these big outdoor events for Willie Nelson. Okay. He found a sphere about 40 years ago. <laughs> where this is going. Uh, like, what the fuck? It's the sphere silver. open for Willie Nelson? It's 50 pounds. <laughs> Just like Journey. I, it inspires oh, yeah. all the great American musicians. Oh, my God. Uh, 
he says, it's part of me now. I'm reading from an article on 7 News Spotlight. He just did an interview with Ross uh, Coltart, the guy who's oh, become yeah, the new from, face for UFOs, the Australian from, reporter. Yeah, with the whole Grush interview. Yeah. yeah. So all that guy. And uh, he's taking it with him everywhere. He can't explain what it is. He said he was in contact uh, with the Betts family and that they also didn't know what it was. And he, But he thinks that they're both of extraterrestrial origin and that they're going all around. So they could, took samples from the sphere. Uh-huh. And I don't, this might not have dick all with the bets, but they, they shaved samples off of his spear, the Marlin spear, and they shipped it out to Gary Nolan so he could do some mass spectrometry. I don't even know if I said that right, but like looking at the deepest atomic structures of the metals, uh, which is what he had done with some of uh, Belay's uh, samples and some of the government exam- samples that he admitted to studying that were extraterrestrial and then eventually had to recant and said, ooh, maybe it was an accidental truth, I said, uh-huh. basically telling everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. And it's in that documentary, I think, called The Accidental Truth, where he does that. Um, Gary Nolan, that is. But yeah, it's on YouTube somewhere. It's I, I don't remember what station put it out, but Ross Coulthart interviews Jim there, Jim Marlin, and he's just this old hippie dude. He's like, yeah, mental illness. You hallucinate. It goes, man. Only when I'm tripping, you know. <laughs> but no, I don't hallucinate. Fair. This is some weird shit, and Fair. I think it's been protecting me and Does he it have, changed like, my life. Is the ball like in the chair, like next to him? He has like his hand on. He's like, this is my little ball friend here. This is my guy. It, there's a picture of it sitting on his fucking dock. I can't turn it around really to show you, but Chris can see. Yeah, it looks yeah. Like it's, it's just, just it's a family friend, but it weighs <laughs> fifty fucking pounds. Chrome bowling ball. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, he says how it's sh- a marker. But. Suddenly, there was a flash of life, and I was shot. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was laying on my back on my floor. This is Marlon talking. I was just mindlessly rubbing my feet on the spear when I was talking to a friend. Suddenly, there was a flash of light, and I was shot across the floor on my back. I was six to ten feet away from the sphere. There's no explanation for that. <laughs> so the thing doesn't like to be touched by fucking feet or shook. He's rubbing his feet and it just zaps him across the room like 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 a like a a, a super duper static charge. Yes. Like, and you just that didn't him. fuck him up in any other way, apparently. <laughs> and that's fucking a man. How far did it throw him? Like six to uh, you know what? So like six, six to, to ten feet. Ten feet. Yeah. It's across. Oh, let me let me let me clarify what I was going to say. Oh, they were going to take samples. Uh, oh, corrosion. The entire sphere that is the Marlin sphere uh-huh. is now in the care of Nolan. Quote: If this is really alien technology with the ability of any gravity, our civilization needs this. Oh boy, Marlin. Oh, Marlin says. Okay. And I think it should fall into the right hands. So. Right. At least he's trying to do right by it. Who knows? Yeah. Apparently, where he got it from, unlike the bet sphere, which is still a mystery, a friend of his had like seven or eight on his lawn, and he came to visit him one day. This again, I think back in the 70s. Um, the interview will tell you more completely. I should have taken better notes, but hey, I'm an idiot. And uh, and he goes, where'd you get these? He goes, you won't believe me, dude. He's like, try me, dude. I won't go through the whole conversation, but he's like, <laughs> a UFO shit, and he's on my lawn. Oh, really? Just boom, 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 boom. Just and they're all just laying UFO? there. And he's like, if you want one, take it. And he's like, oh, take, take two. Alien turds? <laughs> yes. He's just giving away alien balls? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You want to Fuck yeah. Like yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. It was in the middle of the desert in the middle of nowhere. That's I really all he clarified. like that he's at his friend's house and he's like, oh man, you're not going to believe it, dude. The alien just dropped him on the that's fucking That's exactly lawn. what it I, is. You know he was high as fuck. <laughs> they all were like, hanging out with Willie, doing doing the best. Yeah, doing man. Best making Willie's career fucking... I was listening to Willie Nelson last night, as a matter of fact, when I was barbecuing. So there you go. You know, bringing it all back. So there's another sphere, oh. and at least it's in the hands yeah. of science. Yeah. As such, and Willie, Willie Nelson's tour manager. Perfect. 
There it is. I love it. There you have it. <laughs> Won't get us to the mystery of the bet sphere. <laughs> no. But no. the guy seems to think that they're, they're the same. So, hey, man, I, you know what? I'm going to say we fucking nailed it. Is it an alien, though? Is it AI? Is it, did it contain something? When the end, what do you think it is? Last thing before we I think it's, I personally do believe it is alien just because of the amount of interest and intrigue and ridiculous shit surrounding this. It's 100% alien. Is it sentient tech or was it controlled remotely or God bless it? Was there a little bugger running around inside of there? No, I think it was probably like sentient ch- uh, tech. So, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I think it was, it was alive. Yeah. Right on. There you go. All right, Christopher. The new terms we need to develop. Yeah, I don't think it's any terrestrial or sentient, but I think it's just some it's super tech and it's, they, they, they don't know what the fuck it was. Or somebody knew who the fuck it was because somebody swapped it out, but I don't feel like it's true. It's true. ET-ish. Yeah. All right. Robert, closing thoughts, friend. Alien egg. Alien 100%. egg? 100%. Oh, it's all right. It, I was like a, it. it was an artificial incubation system. Okay. Probably the acronym stood for egg. I can't come up with something on the fly. Cool. All but right. But that's what it was. And it hatched and it got out and things have not been right since but they got the the, the reattached shell back and uh and they were disappointed and scared okay. by whatever was told to them at that point now oh, well, fuck oh. well um there it is thank y'all so very much for joining us the pet sphere part four where is i like how florida usa yes <laughs> yeah it currently resides in florida it might uh, Robert, would you like to bring up our Patreon shoutouts while I close us out here? Uh, thank you all so very much for joining us. Appreciate the support. We've got our Patreon over there at patreon.com slash Podcast. I'm going to look real quick here. I believe yesterday I put up uh, episode 166, if I'm not mistaken. Hot damn. Quite a bit. Uh, Robert and I also... Uh, last week, as we talked about, there's no bet sphere. We did our uh, disclosure. And I want to say, uh, sorry that I can't pronounce uh, Grush, his name properly. I kept calling him Grouch. And as I was editing that episode, I was driving myself absolutely crazy. It's just one of those names that doesn't roll off the tongue. Well, this is apology is for me, for you, for Christopher, for everybody in the world that listens to that episode because it bugs the shit out of me. Um, but also, too, on Patreon, uh, Robert and I do have a discussion uh, focusing just on Grush and the, the the very first thing to come out that he right. did. So that was kind of cool. Uh, we may have some more things happening on Patreon regarding that. We'll see where the disclosure goes. Uh, Robert, these shout outs are not going to do themselves good, sir. I believe I have vamped long enough for you to get there. And let's get started with Leona Price. Thank you, Leona. Tyler Talbert. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. Snake gear. Yeah, snake gear. Fiber Goblin. I fucking love yep. that. Fiber Poop Goblin. regular. Fuck Haunting yeah. on the side. There it is. Neil. Hell yeah, Neil. Ewan Kerr. Thank you, Ewan. Whale P. Hell yeah, Whale, what up? Nicole Willis. Thank you, Nicole. Douglas Davis. Thank you, Douglas. Rounding it out, Ethan White- Witted. Witted? Witted. Whited. 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 Oh. Uh, Shit. Uh, I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go with Whited, and um, if it's not, then we will do the correction. And we're going to do Witted. Ethan Witted and Ethan Whited. Oh, you're going to cover Oh, we're you don't want to do, do a both. correction. There's no need for a correction. We've done them both. All right. Well, what if it's something else altogether? Then we're White Ted. Ah, then we're screwed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. What Todd? All right. Cool. There you have it. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, the Instas and the Twitters and the Facebooks were out there on the socials, being the medias. Uh, we've got the Hellerspace.com. Get yourself some t shirts there. We've got uh, CryptoNotMerch.com. Get yourself some t shirts there as well. All kinds of stuff. I believe CrowdMade, uh, which is at CryptoNotMerch.com, is doing like a if you order more than two items, you get free shipping. 
Oh, but go there, check it out. They should say uh, they should say there like, hey, free shipping or whatever. Right? So be sure to check that out. And uh, and yeah, there you have it. Thank you all so very much. Uh, you know, sticking around, supporting us, we appreciate it. And uh, thank you to our sponsors that sponsor this show. Uh, whether it's BetterHelp or um, uh, Lumi Labs with their really good gummies that I need to order more from them because they put me to sleep and they're fucking awesome. We appreciate the support. And you know, if, you, if you support the sponsors, you support us. So if you're like, hey, I want to check out BetterHelp or hey, I want to check out some sweet weed gummies from Lumi Labs, Lumi Labs, there you go. And uh, you know, if there's a Geico commercial in the beginning or a McDonald's, I don't know, feel free, whatever. You know, sure. drive your get, yeah. get your guy co insurance, go to McDonald's, whatever you got to do. Just be like, yeah, they're coming up, boys. They're not going to know who the fuck we are. So they will not. Nah, it doesn't matter. No, nope. those are all automated ads. No one gives a shit about those. So there it is. Yeah, but I'm glad to have them too. I'm happy that they support us. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, true. Yeah. There's just no promo code. You can't like directly, you know, do it. But, right. But you know, it's cool. There you have it. Thank you all. You know so what? I would want my promo code to be. What's I just that? had to say it. I would want you to be able to go to Burger King and order a Whopper and not have to ask for cheese. If you give our promo code, oh, that's the biggest fucking pet peeve. Yeah. yeah. They dude. just know to put the cheese it's on. It's so dumb. It's not a fucking add-on. Yeah. Which it never should have been. And then they charge you more for cheese and bake. It's ridiculous. That's what I want our promo code. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, if Burger King ever sponsors us, there you go. The King of Burgers. Oh, fat no. fucking chance. There it is. Thank you all so very much. And talk to you soon. Bye. See ya. Goodbye. Bye.